Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Morning, Central Indiana. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first day of the WIBC Sunday Magazine Show. What a gorgeous sunny morning. Hallelujah. Soak it up. The sun is really out there. It's a happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Forget the news for oh. just a few minutes and just soak up the sun. 39 degrees. And uh, it is just, it just makes you feel better. That is a color blue I've not seen in a while. It does just put a smile on your face. I always wanted that when you think about your eye color. I have a very uh, hazel eye color, nothing special. And um, but this this is the color I always wanted for my eyes. Really? (laughs) When I wore contact lenses, colored contact lenses. Remember back when? Could you duplicate that with? I tried to cornflower blue. Cornflower blue. Um, Mine was is what I think I ordered up, and it ended up being they hurt, and I didn't. I wasn't good at taking them out, and. And they didn't look like real blue eyes. Yeah, they look not. like, you know, you've got, you, you're wearing something in your eyes. You, that's not a color you see every day. My grandfather always called my eye color baby poop brown. I yeah. thought that was <laughs> yeah. really nice. How, yeah. how, how nice. I know. <laughs> that only a grandpa could get away with that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you all so much for joining us this morning. I'm Terry Stacy. That's Denny Smith. Hey, the Speedway hey. Spark Plug girls are going to the regional. Woo! So happy. Oh, uh, they're going to play Danville in the Southmont so Regional. Oh, God bless those girls. Good, good, good. How are you? Good. It's a good day. Kylan? It Kylan Talley a- producing today's show, as well as doing some great interviews. Oh, I'm so excited for the interviews to I come. It. It's a packed show today. How are you? Well, picked out my best friend's wedding dress yesterday. Helped her, obviously. Helped oh, her pick out her dress yesterday. And that's a beautiful thing. All right. So, what did you look for? Did you look for the color? Did I don't you think look we have enough cut? time to get into oh, that. Oh my gosh, it's a lot, I Denny. Couldn't do that. I mean, it's really detailed, and you can change your mind like that. We were talking <laughs> yesterday about all the people that get engaged around this time. Oh of yes, year. it's the love month. I got home last night, and there on the counter was the receipt for the ring that I bought for Jane back in 1973 how much do you think a three-quarter carat now this was a lot of carat to me to me too how much do you think that cost back in 1973 i would say under a thousand dollars yes six hundred dollars it was the first debt i ever had they let me pay um 200 a month for three or for three months Uh i borrowed a little bit from my dad for the down payment and that was my first exposure to debt and i hated it ever since and that's why he's a financial planner advisor yeah 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 uh, well, that's cool. That's yeah. a great story. It is a great story. And you said that David I, just, you guys just, we left. just went, yeah, we went, just went to, let's just go get <laughs> one of these, like, you know, <laughs> places, these shows, these home show things and went yeah. to back to a jewelry area. Uh, but I loved it all the same. I wasn't, I didn't want big and fancy. I really yeah. didn't. I just no. wanted to get married. And you know, the whole thing was quick. So Kai, can I ask how much does a wedding dress, what is the range of a wedding dress cost? It, 
Dependent on the store that you go, it can range anywhere from some deals, $500, which would be okay. a steal. But most of them end up being 1000 to $5,000. Or wow. more. Yeah. Even. Oh, or yeah. More. Yeah. Or even more. Yeah, you're lucky if you keep it under 5000 It's expensive. I mean, weddings now are $100,000, you know, that I mean, for that high end and even higher. But And uh, all the guests. And all the guests mm-hmm. and the food and the drink and the, the whole thing, the music, the flowers, everything is expensive. If you spend, if you spend that much money, does it make the marriage last longer? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> we'll ask around. But well, <laughs> hey, you know what? A great idea. Instead of spending all of that money on a wedding ceremony, go to the clerk's office you and get married for Valentine's office, Day. Absolutely. On Valentine's Day, $50, and it goes to charity. So uh, you sure can do that at the Marion County Clerk's Office. We heard about that last week. Or you could spend money on a Super Bowl ticket. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Did you hear what all We're a week the, away. All the parking uh, the, for private jets is gone at the airport. Oh this year's game in Vegas is unlike any other. The Super Bowl 58 ticket prices are currently at historic levels. The most expensive Super Bowl on record, according to TickPick, with the average price is around $9,000. For one ticket, Excuse no matter. On the secondary me? market. Wow. For reference, last year's Super Bowl ticket, the high price was 5700 Wow. It's the location. Everybody wants to go to Vegas, and so there. Yeah, I don't know. the That's, cheapest ticket at a game is around uh, fifty-two hundred to seven thousand dollars for the cheapest tickets right now. But it truly is the location. In twenty twelve, when we had the Super Bowl here in Indy, how much was the ticket? The high end ticket? Fifteen hundred. Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Yeah, in twenty twelve, Giants versus Patriots. Wow. I couldn't remember who the who played. <laughs> I really didn't. Uh, you know, here's before we take a break. Interesting, interesting. You know, last couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the conspiracy of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl logo. The color conspiracy. The color conspiracy. Out? Did it no, play out? not at all. Okay. Interesting. It did play out. In a way. In a way. Kylan told me about something, a conspiracy that's running around now. And wait till you hear this, Teddy. <laughs> so to give you the background, the Super Bowl logo for this year is the red and purple, right. which was originally the conspiracy theory was that it meant the 49ers were going to play against the Ravens. Those are the colors of the teams. Well, now, because that didn't play out, obviously, it's the Chiefs versus the 49ers. That's both red teams. So, Swifties have come up with a conspiracy that it's because of Taylor Swift that it's purple. Because that's her color. It is. It's her color. It's been on some of her albums. And guess what? (laughs) Guess what? Super Bowl 58, what's 5 plus 8? Denny? 13. Do you know what 13 is? No. It's her lucky number. Oh my God! Oh my It doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. The big game is on February 11th, or two slash eleven. What's two plus eleven? Thirteen. There you are. And the Super Bowl will be Taylor's thirteenth game watching the Chiefs. Do you know how crazy Kylan May Tally? Where do you get up with this stuff? It's all I'm over the news. You. It's all I'm over the news. You. When she Can told me about it, we talk about my Speedway Spark Okay, plug. you know no. what? Here's another one. The 49ers are a number one seed, and the Chiefs are a number three seed. That's one and three put together. You tell me there's 13. something not there, Denny Smith. Yeah, that it's is hogwash. That is. I, don't you could make not, me. It could not be more clear. Don't make me swear on this here. It right wouldn't now. surprise me if Taylor Swift <laughs> got up on the stage and performed with Usher in the halftime show. I, I'd be you're down for right. it. You're right. 
she's going someplace, right? Is she going to Japan or someplace? And they promised her they're going to clear the airspace so she can. Okay. She has a concert in Tokyo. If yeah. she marries this guy, do you think the marriage will last? If it's on the 13th of some month <laughs> and everybody's in purple, Gosh. I'm telling you, the I stars are aligned. There has never been more that I know of in my lifetime this much stuff. She's taking about over the two world. People. I can't, I mean, it really is amazing. You have to admit, Denny, it is kind of weird, huh? Well, we had a guy call about the septic tank yesterday from Rush. Oh, Rushville, you know? I'll put it right in, I'll put it in his septic tank if he buys the house. It is really unbelievable. I really mean it, Kylan. I'm so glad you brought this to our attention, this new latest conspiracy. Go Taylor Swift. Uh (laughs) Tally, you are so full of it. I just keep becoming more of a Swift. Are you a romantic? I mean, here you are, you know, you're going to look at a wedding dress, and then all of a sudden you get this romantic thing about Swifty. This is all over the news today. And yesterday. I'm blaming Kylan. She probably published it. (laughs) She, I think there's something to it. I wish I came up with this. I just knew it. I knew it. Conspiracy. This is true life. This is reality. <laughs> Get off my yard. <laughs> it's 1114. <laughs> hey, when we come back, Donnie Burgess has a report about the green alert. That's next on 93 WIBC. Grammy night. It's a good one to rate. It's one of the top nominated songs for tonight's Grammys. I have to ask, what is it? This is called Kill Bill by SZA. S-Z-A. SZA. Oh, SZA. Don't you have SZA's uh, uh, CD in your car? (laughs) Isn't that what you cut paper with? Come on, Pat. (laughs) I think I thought last time I was in your car, I saw your SZA CD. If only that was the case. Well, SZA leads the pack of all the nominated artists with nine nominations. Well, I understand why. I I like this. I don't know. This is Billboard Hot 100's number one hit, and it gave her album of the year. Wow. I like it, though. The radio edit has to edit out one of the main words of the title. Kill? Yeah. So that kind of makes it... Hard yeah, see, I get. I don't have any patience with that. Remember when the Dixie Chicks said Earl had to die? Yeah. And and it was a good song because Earl was an abuser, and they said that. And then we had to stop listening to that one. So. Hmm. Well, you would think Taylor Swift took over the nominations, but she has <laughs> only six. <laughs> six <laughs> nominations, six. along okay. with Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, Miley Cyrus. Okay. And Miley. you know, six plus seven. <gasps> Denny! Thirteen! I'm so proud of you! <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh my gosh. Denny's on board. No, I'm he's, not on he's board. under the spell. <laughs> he's under the spell. Oh, Lord. oh my goodness gracious. I'm worried for you now, Denny. <laughs> we got one more. It's uh it's eleven twenty one. Forty two degrees now in downtown Indianapolis, the most beautiful Sunday. Uh, we kinda taken away we take, we kind of during this two hours, we kinda move away from some of the tougher subjects. You're gonna get all your news and stuff, mm-hmm. but we kinda like to relax on Sunday, kinda you know, just kinda decompress on a Sunday. So we try to try to have some good stuff for you and, and important news as well. In fact, I got a note from my friend Buzz Smith with Easter Seals Crossroads asking us to please spread the word about 
House Bill 1104, which, if passed and signed into law, would establish a green alert system. Here's WIBC's award-winning reporter and anchor, Donnie Burgess. Joining us, Democrat State Representative Renee Peck of Indianapolis. We're talking about House Bill 1021. Now, that's the fancy government name for it. As you read through the bill, you see two words more often than not. Green alert. So I like to call it the green alert bill. Representative Pack, let's let's dig in to this bill a little bit. What can you tell me? What should people know about it? The green alert bill specifically targets military veterans during a time where they may be missing or in harm's way, sort of like an amber alert or silver alert. When we came to the state house, Representative Gore and myself back in 2020, that was one of the first bills he filed. And me being a veteran, he asked me to co-author it. And what we found is veterans have a very unique set of circumstances, harmful, potentially harmfully harmful circumstances, from drug and alcohol use and abuse to suicide to mental illness, especially those who've been a part of combat. So what we want to do is when one of these veterans is missing, a family member or friend can report that they have a missing veteran that could be at risk. The police and the clearinghouse will treat that as they would an amber alert or a silver alert, because we know that that could potentially be an emergency. Now, Representative Gore filed 21, 22, and 23. We never got a hearing on it until this year, and we've gotten a unanimous vote on it in committee. So I'm excited that uh, we're able to do something on behalf of veterans that really, really matters. When it's been filed over the last few years, is it just a simple case of gets lost in the shuffle or um, can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you have faced over the last few years? There have been a lot of challenges with bills that especially Democrats have wanted to file because we do have a supermajority. And with that supermajority, the bills that Republicans are filing just obviously take first glance in first place. So I think persistence is really key. And we have been very persistent with this piece of legislation. And as a matter of fact, even before Representative Gore filed a few years ago, it had been filed by another state rep who did not get a hearing on it. So this this is something that we know is needed for our Hoosier, Hoosier veterans, and to see it move so smoothly this year is just really exciting. We do get some bills heard, but it's very, very few as Democrats in the state house. And I champion mostly veteran causes or have been for the past few years. So it's really good to get something in that's really going to make a difference. When you talk about things like an amber alert, silver alert, and the hypothetical green alert, if it were to become a part of that, you know, you're, you're dealing with a really sensitive subject of really uh, people who are going through something that may be traumatic. A lot of emotion, a lot of families that are needing help from the community and law enforcement. When, when you take this bill to the state house and you're discussing it and it's on your mind, is there someone that comes to mind that you think of of this would have been a difference for that person? Does that ever cross your mind? Uh, all the time. Unfortunately, I know veterans that are friends of mine who are suffering. We lose 22 vets a day to suicide, an average of 22 vets a day to suicide. 
And I do have uh, friends that I'm afraid of getting that call at any time. Because what's happened is many of our veterans have lost hope. They're not assimilating back into the population as fast as they want to, as successfully as they want to. We're very different. We see the world differently. That's not always welcomed, unfortunately. Yes, I, I think about not just the few that I know that are in trouble, but I think about all of the 126,000 that in this state who could potentially end up down the wrong road. Even if it doesn't go your way again this year, can you talk about a little bit of the the goal, the persistence of, of doing it again next year? You're, you're not going to back down, I assume. No, I, I know that Representative Gore isn't going to back down, and I'm not going to back down. It's like, so far, it's what's really, really promising. So we get through third reading, it will go over to the Senate for a hearing and go through the process all over again. And from what we've heard from senators through conversations that we have, is that they are all for this legislation. So I'm looking on the upside and really being positive about this, but... If something does go wrong and it doesn't go through, we will be on the desk next year pounding this. We've got to get this through. We've got to tell our veterans we care. We want you safe. We want you to get the medical care that you need. We want to see you healthy and living and thriving in your communities. I have a very special heart for my veteran brothers and sisters. Whatever I can get done, as long as the people keep sending me here to the State House on behalf of all of them, I'll be found working on that. That is State Rep Renee Pack of Indianapolis and a veteran, too. And uh, I so appreciated hearing her passion. And, you know, I, some all of us in this room uh, have such a heart for our veterans and care very much. Losing 22 veterans a day to suicide every day. Um, and so many of them have just lost hope. So we're we're hoping that this will work, that this green alert that they're trying to get past will happen this time around. All right, it is 1128. We've got uh, something special coming up, Kylan, with you. Mm -hmm. You've got a great interview. The story of Oscar Robertson is coming in a form of a play here to Indianapolis to Christmas Attucks High School. It'll be a beautiful production, and we'll get to talk to the writer and uh, director of it. Can't wait. It's 1128. Today's top stories are coming up next on 93 WIBC. She's Happy performing. Yeah, please go ahead. Andre Day. This is Andre oh, Day performing so at the good. Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it's in Reba. I believe Reba yeah. McIntyre yep. is singing the national anthem. Mm hmm. Uh, and then Denny's got halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Denny will be there just uh, sitting no. on the stage Ooh, sharing Taylor plumbing Swift stories. Will go join him. What? Well, uh, yeah, you wish. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> you wish. Uh, I think that's dirty old man territory, so we're not going there, okay? Only if you make it dirty old man territory. Uh, Grammys are tonight if you care. I still love music. I love music, all music. I just do. It's so good for you, too. I thought it was interesting. Yesterday I asked you, what's the most popular instrument? Let's see if Kylan can get it. What's the most popular instrument in the world? The harmonica, the piano, the violin, or the guitar? Piano or guitar were the first two that came up in my head. Terry? 
Harmonica. It's the harmonica. Excuse me? It's the I harmonica. Because everybody can afford a harmonica. Wow. Most people. I mean, so you And you can, can get make it for, out of wood. You can make it out of wood. You can do it on a comb. Oh, no, that's, a, seen, that's huh? a kazoo. Oh, a kazoo? Oh. Oh, Have you ever done that, though? Oh, okay. Taking a comb, and then you put a piece of tissue paper <laughs> over it, that's and then amazing. you blow through it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done this, Kylan? <laughs> Have you ever put your hands together, and you put your thumbs together to where there's a kind of a hole, a little bit of a hole, and then you blow? Just like I that. I have always tried, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah, my <laughs> fingers are too fat. Uh, it is 11.35, and it is a beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're all here with us this morning. And uh, 43 degrees, by the way, so get out there and enjoy it. Soak up that sunshine. But, Kylan, you did a fantastic, you had a conversation. You, I'll, you take it from here. Oh, okay. Well, NBA All-Star Weekend is coming up very quickly. It's right. just two weekends away. Crazy. And this is a perfect time to celebrate what basketball means to Indiana. And I think the best way to do that is going back to the foundation of some of those first stories of basketball here and why we've made such an impact on basketball in the country. And Oscar Robertson and his basketball teammates at Crispus Attucks High School would be one of those stories, especially being here in Indianapolis. And we have a play opening here in Indianapolis next weekend to help tell that story. It's called The Touch of Glory, presented by Deborah Asante and Artists, and it was written by Laura Town. She's a Zionsville resident, and she's here to talk with us about it, along with director Deborah Asante. Laura, we'll start with you. You've written plays before. What made you want to write this one? Well, the inspiration started with a parade. As you're probably aware, every May there is a parade that celebrates the Indy 500. It's also the Memorial Day Parade that goes around the circle. And in 2016, the grand marshals of that parade were the surviving members of the 1955 Christmas Addicts team, uh, including Oscar Robertson, but also his other teammates. And as they were going around the circle, I thought, I really don't know much about this story. And I live in Indianapolis. I should know why these people are the grand marshals. Uh, I knew that uh, obviously that Oscar Robertson was an NBA Hall of Famer, but I didn't really understand um, his high school career. Uh, or why Christmas Addicts was so important. And the more I read about the story, the more I fell in love with it, uh, because these men were so resilient and because of everything they went through, because the school means so much to the community, it is sacred ground, Christmas Addicts. What they accomplished, not only in basketball, but also in other fields and politics and the military and entertainment, uh, it's just remarkable. And while the story began with a parade, uh, if you go see the play, you'll understand the significance of that parade in various different ways. Mm -hmm. And for you, making this a historically accurate project, can you talk on the research that went into making this play? One of the most important things I did was talk to the surviving members, not only of the 55 team, but some of the earlier teams as well, and even some of the later basketball teams about their experiences with the coach, Ray Crow, their experiences with the principal, Russell Lane, their experiences living in Indianapolis at that time in the 50s. And I am so grateful that those men were open and willing to talk to me. I'm sure that some of them thought I was a little crazy because I am a couch potato, a white middle-aged female couch potato who on the surface doesn't have much in common <laughs> with them. And for me to just randomly call them or show up at their door and ask if I could ask some questions about their experiences, I'm just so grateful they were willing to share. Uh, the other important thing I would say is that I went through the Indianapolis Recorder archives as well as the Indianapolis Star archives and just read day by day how the story unfolded in real time. 
And it was also interesting to see the different perspectives that the two newspapers took. Mm-hmm. Laura Town, playwright of A Touch of Glory, opening next weekend at Crispus Attucks High School. And it was directed by Deborah Asante and presented by Deborah Asante and artists. Deborah, for you, how did you join the team? About six years ago, I was approached by Laura's mentor who said, this play is uh, something that you would really be interested in. And, and I was because I'm known to connect with history. My creativity is always connected to history and culture. It's part of uh, my mission as a bridge builder. So when I heard about the story, I was excited. And then I got uneasy because it was written by a white woman. And I kind of thought, well... How is she going to tell this story? And I kind of begged off. But then I was asked to just come and listen to a read of it, a table read. And Mm -hmm. I did. And I was so impressed with, with Laura's research and her creativity that I talked to her more. And uh, the more we talked, the more I felt like she was open because what she cannot bring is that that intimate knowledge of culture. Research is impeccable, but the culture, to know that perspective and understand it. And we had some real deep talks about what that would mean, me being a director and having some input on the cultural perspective. And it's worked out fabulously. And in fact, I feel like Laura is not just a a working partner, but a friend. And I feel like this work is important. And the fact that our two perspectives have come together on it makes it even more powerful. Mm -hmm. And the story is A Touch of Glory. It's the play opening at Crispus Attucks next weekend, February 9th through 11th. That first weekend is going to be a community weekend showing, which is free. And then the next weekend, it will be showing during the All-Star Weekend for just $20 in advance if you buy your tickets online or $30 at the door. That one would be February 16th through February 18th. Laura, we'll start with you. What's the importance of bringing this story to life, especially during the All-Star Weekend? First of all, I am so grateful to our funders, the Lilly Foundation and Gang Gang and IPS and CICF, that we can have this free in the community uh, that first week in the 9th through the 11th. There are a lot of people who cannot attend theater because cost is just a barrier. And I'm so grateful that we can have this show free. I do believe it's uplifting and inspirational and that people will see some hope in it, uh, as well as it being historically informative. In terms of All-Star Weekend, we want tourists to know that Indianapolis has played a very important role in the history of basketball. Mm -hmm. Oscar Robertson is one of the most important NBA players to have ever lived, and he is from our home. And if we are celebrating basketball in Indianapolis, we need to celebrate those people who built basketball, and Oscar Robertson is one of them. And that is why I'm so grateful that we can also have it during All-Star Weekend, and we can show the world how much Indianapolis means to basketball and how much Oscar Robertson means to basketball. And a lot of people here in town don't know this story well or think they know it and don't know all the details. And it is something worthy uh, for our own folk 
No, it's it's our right. our legend right here, you know. And so being able to pre have that free community preview means everything. And then we are also developing a curriculum so that the schools and the curriculum will be offered to the schools for free so that they can creatively teach this story. Director Deborah Asante of Deborah Asante and Artists and the person who wrote the play, Laura Town. Laura, the first time that I met you, you had this beautiful Christmas Attics jacket. Can you talk about that jacket? It is a beautiful jacket. And Corey Young, who is our costume designer, designed that jacket. And it's based on the jackets, the Letterman jackets from the time, but it also honors both teams, 55 and 56, because while 55 was the first black team and first team from Indianapolis to win the championship, 56, the year after, won it again, and they also had an undefeated season. So the jacket was designed to honor both teams. There's 55 and 56 on that jacket, and uh, our costume designer is doing a great job. And he made it as a uh, prototype, and I think everyone wants one now. I get more questions about that jacket than anything. (laughs) Yes. Can you talk about the quote that was included on it as well? They can beat everybody, but they can't beat us. I know. That's part of the crazy song, which was uh, 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 the victory song for Christmas Addicts. And uh, that song means a lot to a lot of people, and that's the tagline. They can beat everybody, but they can't beat us. And I love it as my mantra. (laughs) And that song is written by Edwina Bell Payne, who passed away just a few years ago. She wrote it as a cheerleader, and she was there in the late 40s. She wasn't there in the 50s. She was there in the late 40s. But it is sacred music to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you guys would like to say about the play before we have to go? We have a very talented cast and crew, and I feel very blessed to work with the group of people that we have. I feel like uh, there's divine energy (laughs) in it. Mm -hmm. And for you, Laura? Well, I agree with Deborah. We are very blessed with all the talent that we have, and I am especially blessed to have Deborah as a partner to work with. I did want to say that I know that we've mentioned Oscar Robertson a few times, but all the men really had remarkable lives, and they were change agents in their own way. You know, I could go through all the men and tell you about their careers and all the wonderful things they did, and we probably don't have time for that. But we will be honoring those men in our own way, and they deserve to be honored. They're all in their late 80s, early 90s. And we should all give them their flowers now, as Deborah would say, uh, and not wait until they pass because they have meant a lot to this community. Mm-hmm. And even some of them will be at the play. Yes. 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 And you can be at the play, too. A Touch of Glory, February 9th through 11th for the Community Weekend Showing, or during the NBA All-Star Weekend, February 16th through 18th at the Christmas Addicts High School. You can go to atouchofgloryplay.com for all the information, for tickets, all of it and more. Laura Town, playwright of A Touch of Glory, and director Deborah Asante of Deborah Asante and Artists. Thank you both so much for taking time to be with us today. 
Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Hey, and if wow. you want to check out that jacket, that letter jacket, it's, beautiful. it's on our Facebook page for Stay with Terry Stacy. It's a beautiful replica. Really is. Um, Do you remember that? Do you remember all of that? Uh, part of it. Yeah. I was still, I was pretty young. Yeah, at the no, time. you were, but I didn't know if you remembered. No, <laughs> all of that. I'm not that old, Terry. Eleven forty-seven. Oh. When we come back, Denny will remember that he's got uh, <laughs> investing sense coming up, and uh, it's going to be a good one. We'll uh, I almost said we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> like I'm on the phone. What is wrong with me? Uh, anyway, we'll be back after the break. Thanks for joining us here on WIBC. Makes me laugh every week. Me too. Hey, you know what? There's a. Oh, I told Terry about it the other day because I was so excited to share. It's. It's like an exhibit for Toy Story. You can go into the room of Toy Story oh and look God. like a toy because all of the everything oh, is in size. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so the mattress is huge. It's cool. It's like you. You become a toy. It's over in Europe, unfortunately, but oh. whatever. Well, Terry Kylin, you know, I got a lot of feedback <laughs> no. last week about my thoughts on loaning money to family or friends. I don't yeah. know if you remember, but it's a great conversation yeah, to have. Some of it was really heartfelt, and some of it stung just a little bit. And there were a couple of follow-up questions that I thought would make sense to talk about this morning. What I said last week was, debt was something of a drug in our culture, and we're taught that debt can be good and that loaning to family and friends. But you know what? The borrower always ends up hating the lender. So I did some deeper research about this, and of course I got a follow-up question. I better answer that first. I got the opinions that you should never loan money to a family or friend. Denny, how do you feel about co-signing on a loan for a family member? I'm pretty sure this was from a grandparent, but I'm not sure just because it was an AOL email address. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> but my answer was, no, don't ever co-sign for a loan for anybody, period. Now, when the, it, for, Even for your kid? No, don't do it. Don't do it for your kid. No, so let them say, give them a little bit of money, help them save money. It, the loan is normally for a vehicle. Okay, All right, right, right get exactly. A, get a used vehicle. Just do not buy a new vehicle. But... You know, focusing on the reality of a person's financial health is really tough. And if it's your kid, I think this was a grandparent was probably wanting to do it for a granddaughter, grandson, something. But what happens is there becomes a sense of entitlement. The kid can walk away from it, and then it is the grandparent's responsibility to pay that loan. And that probably happens more it than It happens not. a lot. And then what happens is the child has a sense of entitlement and actually blames the grandparent for the financial trouble, well, they should have never done that in the first, you know, kids' minds get sort of twisted up. Here's where I'm going with this. It's a sad situation in America where kids and their parents and their grandparents can see that the federal government is borrowing for everything. And so they think that that goes downstream and they can do it. We borrow $4 in the United States for every $3 in our budget. And year after year after year, that debt grows. Well, it used to be that other countries would buy our debt. They would buy our treasury bills, our treasury notes, our treasury bonds. And what's happening right now is that we hate these people because now they're selling it, but it goes back that the borrower always ends up hating the lender. But everything they did as politicians to spend all this money was for us. And so there's the lesson right there that somebody was borrowing money to make our life easier, whether they gave us 
better social security benefits, whether they gave us, you know, you know, tuition benefits, whether, whatever they gave us. The United States of America has co-signed on subprime mortgages, subprime um, uh, car loans, on, on roads and bridges and education, social experience to the point that nobody's ever going to repay this debt. And who are we mad at? We're mad at the people that loaned us the money, which in essence is Congress, which is who I hope we're mad at because this money is gone forever and is never going to be accepted as responsibility of anybody. So here's what I'm going for, Terry and Kylan. The lessons of financial success begin with each of us. Don't borrow money if you can help it. You know, just stay away from it. Don't loan money to your friends or family. Don't co-sign for anybody for any reason. Don't go into debt for a ring. Oh, oh are you speaking about <laughs> Valentine's Day? No, yeah, you know what? Uh, that's, that's fair. Here's yeah. the point. You go into debt and then you learn your lessons. Yeah, I borrowed $600 to buy my wife's wedding ring back in 73, $200 a month. And uh, that's a lot of money back then. Oh my gosh, especially when you're making $1.75 an hour. But I made the payments and it all came out well. But you'll be doing yourself a favor. It is my belief that it's Kylan's generation that is gonna have this figured out. You're gonna save the world. Kai, it is the I truth. Sure how do you? How does your generation feel about debt? You're scared to death of it right oh, now. Oh, I don't. Nope. It, that's exactly. not it. Exactly. We avoid that. You ask the baby boomer and they say, debt is a tool and I'm willing to use that tool. Well, that's because you're a spoiled brat, baby boomer. You always got everything <laughs> you wanted. Everybody oh, gave boy. you everything you wanted. They He's, told you you could do with debt to buy your boat, finger. to buy a big house, to buy the fancy car. And now your ass is all the way loaded up with debt and you're trying to retire. <laughs> Kylin, right. your, gener your generation is going to say Just this. was looking at this. A new study, 60% of American parents using their retirement savings to pay their adult children's bills. Yep. Whoops. It's no, Yikes. don't do it. Put them out. Uh, correction, <laughs> the Pixar fully, the 3D oh, exhibition the is place. in Spain. It's not in Europe. Oh, oh used, it, boo. Okay. Ojalá que te mejores pronto. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Fine. Okay. <laughs> well, Denny, uh, are you okay? Well, yeah, I got some nasty emails this way. But you know what? There was a lot of people with support and say, I agree with you. Let them do it on their own. They'll learn more, more lessons than if they get gets to them easy. But so, learning is the big thing. That's Help right. us learn. And I think the baby boomers are still learning. They're they're, they're slow learners. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Denny. Yeah, I got to love you. Denny, Denny will stick around the next hour, too, yeah. because we've got food news. Samson Livingston Woo! is going to drop by, and we're also going to meet a caregiver who is a paid caregiver, and you know what the news has been about this. We'll, we'll do that next hour. Glad you're here with us on the first day. Today's top stories are coming up next on 93 WIBC.